Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Hello, everyone. Justin Hughes here, and welcome to episode 23 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. We try to be here at least once a week to discuss what's going on in baseball, with most of it being aimed at fantasy baseball redraft or dynasty leagues and helping your teams out. Tonight, we will discuss the breakdown of how the big fab weekend went about last weekend and how the prospects have done so far from the co- since the call-ups. And we're going to talk a little bit of Baseball 365 Facebook group discussions that we've had. And I mentioned last week on this episode, we're going to talk about starting pitchers in ERA and XFIP and showing differences between them. But I looked at it and I thought we had enough content this week. And I'm going to try to push that back and not let this podcast get too long and something we'll circle back to here in a few weeks and now let me introduce my co-host andrew mcquist and andrew how you doing man doing good been a been a busy week but ready to talk some baseball yeah been a busy baseball week life week or yeah both? just a li- just everything a little bit of everything. yeah i could i could agree i've that's Baseball has been too busy for me. I mean, I've made a big trade today, but we'll talk about that later. But been a real big week on the personal end, as my wife and I might be moving soon, and we're looking into getting some stuff taken care of with that. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, a few weeks ago at the end of the podcast, Andrew, you asked me about how my teams were doing, and I went on and blabbed about how they were doing. But I forgot to return the volley and ask how yours were doing. And as we are nearing Memorial Day... I thought, let's talk about your teams. How are they doing? Uh, for the most part, pretty good. Um, near the top in three, I guess. It'd be a couple Dynasty Leagues, Rotomasters 1 and 2, and um, then my one NFBC online championship, I'm in second. So that's good. I feel like the ones that I'm not quite as high in, I'm still kind of middle of the pack. So as long as you're not totally buried at the bottom right now, it's like there's still hope. And I don't really feel like I am in too many. My one, uh, my TGFBI team isn't doing too hot. My pitching is really bad in that league. But uh, other than that, yeah, for the most part, pretty good. It's hard to overcome tough pitching, but... I thought I'd bring up Rotomasters too, since that's the one I play in, because your roster is pretty ridiculous, and you're looking real good in that league right now. And it's when you look down your lineup, you can see why you're doing so well. I mean, you're infield with Grandal at catcher and Molina. That's really solid in a 15-team league. Rizzo, Albies, Bregman, Segura, E5, Brantley, Blackman, Harper, Springer, Luke Voigt. I mean... That's a sick lineup, and you still have prospects galore in that league. And then your staff, I mean, Verlander, Strasburg, Ray, Hamels, Bassett, who's had a great season until this week. This week wasn't as pretty, but... Yeah. And then, yeah, that happens. Chapman, I, knew that, I knew that correction start was coming. <laughs> it was, it was. due. Yeah. You, got some, you got some good orange juice squeezed out of it, at least, before yeah. that one. And then your closures, which is just stupid. You got... Chapman, Hader, Jansen, and you have guys like Wade Davis and where is he? Where's Diego Castillo? Did you move him? Uh, I've got. I, no, oh, I've there got he is in your minors. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's not quite. He's not quite over the limit, so you can still minors him. But 
He's not quite good enough to make your active roster right now. <laughs> I've actually been shifting him up and down just depending on if I need a ma- extra, you know, major leaguer. I just haven't yeah. been starting him. But oh, by but the yeah. way, you have four four first round picks next year too. <laughs> yeah, I'm ha- I'm happy overall with it. I mean, so far it's still it's still early. I mean, there's a lot of good players in that league, so I got my work cut out for me. But it's it's off to a good start. Yes, it is. All right, well, before we get into the topics of the day, I thought I'd go over a few news bits that have gone on over the last week. And the first one is the Rockies closure situation. We were just talking about you owning Wade Davis, and he's now on the injured list with an oblique injury. And it looks like Scott Oberg has a shot at the gig here. Oberg had a solid year last year and does have a 1.77 ERA this year so far. But that comes with 13 strikeouts and 11 walks in 20 innings. That isn't good. But so knowing that, Andrew, if you need saves in a league, uh, how much fab in a $1,000 budget do you think you'd be willing to drop for what probably is a temporary closer like Oberg? Uh, Probably not a lot. I don't really like bidding too much on on those guys just because I know it's temporary but I guess it kind of depends on how badly I need saves I am in one the one league I said I was doing good the uh, online championship league the NFBC one that I'm in second I do need saves really bad it's like the for whatever reason I just can't get my hands on them it's like I have Osuna and I have Kimbrel and obviously Kimbrel's out I've mentioned that before that I have those two, and I've just been kind of cycling. I had Kelly and then dropped him, and now he's back with the job. So I actually might be putting some money down on him, but um, I'll probably put in a some bid on Oberg. I'm not really sure. It's not going to be a big bid, though. I, I, will, I do need to read a little more on, on Wade Davis' injury and how long he's going to be out. I haven't quite caught up on that yet. Have you heard? Uh, no, I haven't actually. I just saw he had an oblique injury and was injured. And usually with yeah. pitchers obliques, that's usually a good four to six weeks. Yeah, which that helps. I mean, as far as whoever would be replacing him. I also would like to see a scenario this weekend where they're in a spot that they're leading a close game late and just see kind of how they use the pen if he is indeed yeah. the one. You know, I just like... When something like this happens, because Wade Davis is just the closer for the Rockies, you know, every year, the last few years, it's like I just kind of want to see as soon as I can, hopefully before Sunday, they're down 6-3 in the seventh tonight, so it may not happen tonight, but some situation where they're, you know, they're up one or two late and just kind of see if, you know, how they do use them. I mean, obviously, if Oberg somehow pitches the seventh or eighth, then I'm not bidding anything on him. So and, it just kind of depends. And you want to see him go out there and successfully do one because right. if you fail on your first try, you may not see another try. Right. The only positive, I guess, if he doesn't get that shot before Sunday is that he'll go for less. You know, That's so true. You, could, you could speculate cheaper. But, yeah, i kind of like to see it. I wouldn't spend much, though. No, I wouldn't think much more than 5 10% max of yeah. a fab is probably what I would personally be paying for him it's just there's 
he hasn't been that great when he's pitched this year. As I mean, we're talking small sample, a month and a half, but he hasn't been great this year so far. And you just that mixed in with a temporary part. I think I'd probably I'd have to be pretty desperate for saves. Fortunately and unfortunately, I I went heavy on closures this year, so I have not been chasing fab. I've been wasting my money and dra- trying to draft call-ups that have gone wrong instead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, second, I wanted to discuss Lucas Giolito. I don't think we've talked about him hardly at all this year so far. And on the Prospect 361 podcast, I've listened to Rich Wilson talk about him. And he said in April that he had heard from a scout that was down in spring training that one of the guys that stood out to him was Giolito. And that scout said Giolito looked like the guy from a few years ago, meaning his velocity was back up. Pitching more than 93-94 as compared to last year and the year before, he was more in the 90-91 to range. And it wasn't great in the first 18 innings pitched to start this season. He was sporting a 5.3 RA, had 10 walks and 23 strikeouts in, like, I think 18 innings. I I think that was the number. I forgot to write it down here. But after returning from a trip to the DL, he's been on fire. He had five starts. Since returning, he's had thrown 33 innings, 36 strikeouts, nine walks, four wins, and an ERA of 1.35. And I made a book post about this on Baseball 365 last week after a strong, his last strong start at that point. And one person commented that he hadn't done it against quality opponents, which it was a good point. He had started three games in two, uh, Cleveland once and Toronto twice were his opponents. But then on Thursday night, he threw a complete game shutout against, well, the Houston Astros. And that's a team with an offense. Even without Altuve and Springer right now, that's still a really good offense. So with all that said, Andrew, is Lucas Giolito back? Yeah, I think so, pretty much. I mean, he looks really good. I think it's mostly legit. Um I got to watch a good chunk of that one yesterday, and I've been following him a good bit here the last, you know, few weeks. I've got a couple shares of him, so pretty happy about it. I mean, he's he's looked really good, and yeah, I feel I I think I mentioned this even on the preseason podcast. You know, he was so buried in the rankings and totally ignored. Basically, I think I got him in my draft in january i think it was like the 33rd 34th round or something in my draft and hold and i just remember thinking like stranger things have happened than a guy like that figuring it out and turning it around you know it's just when a pitcher is talented like that sometimes that happens i know he was really bad last year but i'm not really too surprised that he's he's turned around like this i'm really not I want to know where this velocity came from because that was not there in the last few years. What happened? Yeah. We got some mechanical changes. The only thing I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's something I'm not sure. So I, I don't even feel uh, qualified to comment on it, but I, I really don't know. It's just, it's weird how sometimes that happens. It's just velocity spike and boom, everything changes. Yeah. I have them in Rotomasters too. And I've, I'm, was pretty close to being on my end with the guy. I wasn't competing this year, but if he had really 
if he repeated last year, he probably wouldn't have made it to the end of the season on my roster. Fortunately, I heard what Rich said, and I got a little bit of hope at that point, but I sure didn't expect this. This has been pretty nice, and I did get a share. I was look, I'm was i looking now. I did get him as, in as a reserve round pick in that auction league that has gone poorly for me. He's been one of the bright spots, so I do have him in two of my four leagues, and hopefully this sticks. I mean, yeah. He, he does have the pedigree. I mean, he was a top five prospect at one point. Yeah, I think it's a guy, too. I would just write it out. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think, uh, like, in in most situations, I guess. I, I don't think that enough people are quite buying into it enough yet to where you could get a payoff on it. I I mean, it's, it's obviously case by case, but I just feel like overall, I, I think I would just write it out with him, let it go a little while longer, because I think it could. I'm going to look it up right now. I'm trying to get over. He was actually traded in my other dynasty league. And I, f- I was kind of surprised about this deal. Let me see here. And the first instinct with guy, when with like stuff like this, it's all, it's like sell high, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't really know if you're going to get a lot for him. I don't know. Maybe you would, but I feel like the guy would really have to love Giolito to do that. This so. is what the deal was. He, he was traded. Dynasty, you said? Yeah, this is a dynasty league, and he was traded for Nate Pearson in a second. When was this? This was what's, a week ago. Hmm. It's okay. Yeah. I like, I like Pearson. It's, yeah, Pearson's okay. got some upside. You sold Giolito. That guy's selling Giolito high. Maybe he doesn't believe this is legit and just trying to get out while he's ahead. I, I found it really interesting when I saw that deal. I, I'm not even sure which side I'd rather have. It's just, it's interesting. I think I'd rather have Giolito, but I don't blame anybody for going Pearson because he is a real, he has some serious upside and getting a second out of it. That's a, it's fine. I just, yeah. Right. When you yeah, started talking about holding them, it made me think I need to go look that up. Yeah. I will say though, if you'd have waited another couple months I, I think i have a feeling he could have gotten more if but Gilito it could go it could go backwards uh-huh. yeah it could it could go backwards but i guess what i'm saying is i feel decent that it's gonna keep up so i think so too there there's a lot of mixed opinions on him i think a lot of people were burned pretty bad by him last year oh yeah all right well we've seen some call-ups but not near what we've seen last week but these are still Interesting names that have been called up this past few days. Kevin Biggio, who's actually the son of Craig Biggio, the Hall of Famer, he's been called up by Toronto. Kevin Cron, who is CJ Cron's brother, he was called up. He's with the Diamondbacks. He's was came up as a third baseman, and I think he's mostly playing first now. And Josh Naylor has been called up by the Padres. Andrew? All, all three of these guys are interesting. Actually, I'll mention Josh Naylor signed a baseball for me last year, so I'm cheering for him specifically. But Yeah, I think I do remember you mentioning that. Yeah, he well, he was the one who signed my ball along with Fernando Tatis that day. So oh, there you Naylor, go. Was, Naylor yeah. was the second line of the two I got. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But rest of season, how do you feel about those three guys in terms of ranking? Um, rest of season, I think I would go Cron, Biggio, Naylor. 
Yeah, I think I agree with you. Is yeah, I, I think I think the reason, just to be clear, I think the reason is, I guess because I just don't think the Diamondbacks are that good. I I could see more of a scenario where Kron just gets more playing time. It's mostly a playing time thing. I mm-hmm. I feel like production wise, if they all had the same amount, it would probably be fairly close. Uh, I do think Biggio has a good chance to stick as long as he just doesn't strike out too much. Naylor, I feel like there's less of a chance that he sticks because I think the Padres are pretty decent of the three teams, and I don't know. But long-term, I'd probably like Cron the least. But for this year, I think I like him the most. Actually, I think I like Biggio over Cron, but I think there's a big gap between those two and Naylor. Yeah, specifically Naylor, they're playing in American League parks for the next few days. And this scene, to me, uh, reading up on it, it smells like he's up to get some time to DH for a few games, and then he's going to be back down. As compared to Biggio and Cron, two guys on terrible teams that are trying to rebuild. And I think Biggio has more likely to get playing time if – Christian Walker gets hot again. There's nowhere to play Cron. Cron was absolutely destroying AAA, which seems like everybody is, but good for Cron. He's been the, I think you said he's leading AAA in home runs right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the minor league leader in home runs, RBIs, and I think tied in extra base hits. I read all three. Biggio. It's Reno. I mean, it's like hitters galore parks, mm-hmm. you know? But I mean, it's still do. He's still doing it though. So yep, it's like there's multiple ways you can look at that. Biggio, however, the thing that really he's always been really good at walking. Last year in 26, 132 games, he had 26 homers, 20 steals, but still striking out a lot. And this year, he really significantly cut that when he got to Triple A's strikeout rate was all the way down to 16. percent Seems like he's from what I've heard scouts who have seen him, he sounds like he looks like he's changed his swing a little bit. His approach is better. He's not loft. He's not hitting as many home runs here in the early going, even though he was playing with a juice ball. But I, I just, I think he's got a clear path to playing time and I'm hopeful with those improvements that he's able yeah. to carry this over. Yeah. I, I could definitely see Biggio being at the top too. It, it's, yeah. it doesn't, uh, I, I'm kind of feeling like Toronto's ready to kind of get these kids up and going. I actually am starting to wonder if Bo will make it to the majors this year. I think he could. I think I he kind will. Of, I kind of thought he would and then didn't. And now I think I'm back to thinking that he might. Because I think if he comes back from the injury, I, I read something about he's hitting a little bit or something. Mm-hmm. But he's starting to get back to where... You know, he should be back relatively soon. And, uh, yeah, I I think if he comes back and he's good, like, pretty quick, I could see him just bringing him up. I don't really really know why they would just wait all the way until next year. Maybe they will. I mean, anything's possible. But I could see him doing it, too. That was something that was going through my head as I was writing my notes and thinking about Biggio coming up is, wait. If Biggio was up right now, if Bo had not been hurt, would he be up right now? Right. 
I one of the first things I thought of when I heard Biggio was coming up is, man, I bet they just bring Bo up when he's healthy. I just thought it. Like again, I could be wrong, but I just that was the first thing I thought. That sure would be a swing for the Toronto Blue Jays fans who nobody was showing up to the park early in the year. A lot of bitterness that Vlad was sitting down in the minors whenever he had no reason being down there. And here by summertime, they could have Biggio, Vlad, and Bo Bichette as three quarters of their infield with Rowdy Telez, who's hitting home runs like crazy this week. That could yeah. that could be exciting for that that team. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I. I will say I, I wouldn't go too nuts with any of these guys in, in like fab bids and stuff. I I don't think that they're that impactful, to be honest, for this season. But yeah, yeah it's I, mostly it's mostly like when ranking them, it's just a playing time like what I foresee the playing time to be. If if I knew one of them was gonna get significantly more playing time rest of season than the other, he'd be at the top. But I, I don't think as far as like an impact goes that any of them are going to be real, real impactful. I mean, no, I think as compared to like the Rogers here is, yeah, the guys, those last, guys that came out last, last week, week. Yeah. I think the guys on the low end of that, the Nikki Lopez, Oscar Mercado, I yeah. think that's more the range where these guys should be going. Yep. Totally agree. Okay. We'll move on to Jimmy Nelson then. He's working his way back from that terrible shoulder injury that he suffered on the slide back into first base. I think it was late 2017, August maybe. And he was drafted late in a lot of redrafts this year as a guy who could be stashed on the injured list and come back and pitch here a month or two into the season. And, well, after rehabbing, throwing 19 innings and rehab starts in the minors, he hasn't been great yet and was activated by the Brewers here on Friday and then optioned to AAA. And now owners have a decision to make, fantasy owners, that is. Should they drop someone else and leave Jimmy Nelson on the bench, or is it time to throw him back? And, Andrew, if you owned Nelson in a 15-team league, are you trying to hang on, or is he a guy to cut cut to chase someone else? In a redraft? Yes. I'd cut him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I don't prioritize holding him really. I mean it's just a guy to me. He, he was incredible in twenty seventeen. I should he had a he was pitching at a great level, but I'm with you on this. I just I don't think in a redraft I can you can afford to hang on for too much longer. He hasn't been showing well in the minors so far. He's been wild and maybe he'll get there, but that was a serious shoulder injury, so you don't know when he's going to be back and how he's going to perform and how healthy he is. To yeah, it's a big it's a big difference with how he was doing before the injury. I mean, if if you could assure me he would be that, then okay. But we don't I mean, know. That's that's yeah, that's not a given. And it's also like when is he going to be up? And yeah, if you can't DL him. I mean, your options, I feel like you'd have to be pretty desperate, I think, to be hanging on to him on a like a seven-man bench. Yeah. I have him in one league, but it's a draft and hold, so I'm obviously hanging oh, on yeah. to him there. Yeah. But I will say, the- I would, I, it's probably a guy that I would uh, check out what he's doing in the minors. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you – like I do that sometimes with the, you know – fringe guys or guys coming back from uh, injuries and stuff, you know, just 
just kind of keep an eye on what they're doing every I'll check every you know couple days few days whatever and there's just certain guys I know I want to check and I check how they're doing and I'd probably keep an eye on him because if you see he has a couple really good starts or whatever I mean there's no problem with uh stashing him on your bench I just wouldn't go out of my way to hold on to him forever if you got to cut somebody yeah, I agree with that. He's one of those that he wouldn't need long to be performing well because the Brewers need starting pitching. And right. if he's showing an incredible success in Colorado Springs, AAA, PCL, with a juice ball, they're going to get him up quick. Yeah, for sure. Andrew, have you seen all these Mets outfielders that they've that's been signed this week? Yeah, some of these. It's It's crazy. Now, I know injuries have hit them hard, but they've now signed Carlos Gomez, Keon Broxton, Rajay Davis, Aaron Altair, and just today they signed Matt Kemp. <laughs> Man, that screams desperation. Yeah, Gomez hit the game-winning homer yesterday in that uh, <laughs> in that uh it was the I had straws going, so I was it was four three Nats, and uh, you know you're waiting for the bullpen to blow because the Nats have like the highest bullpen ERA in the league. And so I'm watching it. It's eighth inning, and a couple guys get on, and I think they even walked a guy to get to Gomez. Yeah, I think they did. I think they intentionally walked somebody that wasn't even that good to get to Gomez, and then Gomez hit a three run homer. Dude. And and you know Carlos Gomez, him like when he does something, he was just all the way around the bases, like <laughs> mm-hmm. showboating, you know, you know, uh, it was, it was actually kind of funny. I watched it or I watched the replay of it after I watched it live, but it's just funny. I remember owning Garrett Cole early in his career and I was watching a start where he got into oh, I remember. Carlos Gomez. I you remember that? that? Yep. I was watching when that happened. I remember exactly. <laughs> it was a triple. Yep. That's and at it third base, I forget exactly, but I remember it. It was in Pittsburgh, and Cole got pissed. I think he s- stared at the at the ball, right? Yeah, yeah out of the box. Was, yeah, and he did, and it wasn't a homer though. Yeah, but he stared at the ball out of the box, and then he wound up getting a triple because it was like dead center in pit and probably rolled a little bit or whatever and got a triple. Yeah. And then Cole was pissed. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully some of these Mets outfielders get healthy and they don't have to keep throwing these guys out here. But I'll move on to the Nationals. I didn't put this in the notes. You mentioned it, but I didn't throw it in there. But, my God, they are 20-31 and 31 now. Their record yeah. is two and a half games better than the Miami Marlins as we're recording. Yeah, they just – I don't know if that's counting their – is that counting their win tonight? They just won. But Yeah, that's counting their win, and that yeah. was against Miami. So they were yeah. they were one and a half ahead of them. That's it. Yeah, it's so, str- it's so strange because – I was talking about this with somebody yesterday even. But it, the – I look at their team, and I don't think they're bad. I mean, like they have – No. They have good hitters for the most part. I mean, like – you know, they've had a little bit of struggles with like first base and stuff, you know, Zimmerman, Adams hurt. They've been playing Kendrick there, but Kendrick's been hitting. Dozier's been terrible and Trey's been out. So yeah, I guess there's some of that, but like Rendon's playing awesome. Strasburg and Corbin are healthy. Yeah. Robles is playing good. I mean, Soto's been a little down, but not like he's been bad. 
I mean, his OBP is still good. I don't know. It's just weird. And yeah, their pitchers are healthy. And I will say though, like I mentioned, their their bullpen, they have the highest bullpen ERA in baseball. And yeah, they they showed it the other day, and it was six eighty nine. It was yesterday. Their team team bullpen ERA. So it's probably some of that middle reliever stuff that you kind of miss when you're looking at the fantasy angle because you just aren't you know you don't own those guys and stuff. But obviously, Doolittle's been mostly good. You know whose fault this is, right? Dusty Baker. Oh, that's a great answer, actually. <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say. No, but that's that's a great answer. No, this is Bryce Harper's fault. He lost. Oh them. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, to people actually believe that he was part of the problem because this has been a national thing for multiple times over the last five years. They've got all of this talent on paper, yet struggle. And yeah. there were people that thought that Bryce Harper was the problem and that they had bad chemistry. And maybe maybe they do have bad chemistry. I don't know. But this is this keeps happening with that squad. But the, Harper leaves and, nope, same problems. Well, the thing is, though, is they have – I mean, how much have they really struggled? They've made the playoffs. I mean, they're, they're just – there have been a few times they've not made the playoffs, even while having a loaded roster. Yeah, it, it yeah. has happened. No, yeah, there, it has. I'm just saying that they have made it too multiple times. Yes, but um, yeah, and then some of that yeah, stuff no. at the some of that stuff at the end, like in the playoffs, I feel like it's really random. But yeah, it, agreed. I I I don't know. It's it's definitely uh, it's kind of strange. I feel like they have top end talent. And for whatever reason, some of the, like, you need guys to, like, fill in the gaps and glue guys, you know. And I, I don't know. They just don't have, they don't have much of that, it seems like. I don't know. It's weird. Because you, you definitely can see it. it. And I think they do. Yeah, you can definitely see the, the I mean, the high-end talent is there. Yep. There's no doubt about it. I look at Ryan Zimmerman and Adam Eaton and a couple of those guys, and I'm like, I can see those being glue guys. Yeah. But. Yeah. Even then, it just they keep going through this. It's yeah, hard to put a finger on, but it looks like they're gonna. I mean, they could they still have time to turn around, but it looks like this could be another rough season for them. Yeah, I think they'll turn it around. Some the division's kind of tough, just in that there's mm-hmm. you know, a few competitive teams, but um, they'll, they'll turn it around. Some it's just weird. It's I I felt like about a week. I noticed it about a week or two ago. And then I had mentioned it to you, but just recently, but um, I like hadn't even realized until then how bad they were doing. I was just like, wow, they're playing terrible. But I, it wasn't something that like stood out to me. Like I noticed it, you know, when you're behind the stand, when you're in the standings and you're behind a team that's got Carlos Gomez, Keon Broxton, Rajay Davis, Aaron Altair and Matt Kemp. Ugh. Yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> Definitely bad. Okay. We'll move on here. Uh, Cardinals had a made a pitching change with their rotation. Michael Walker has been moved to the bullpen by the Cardinals after struggling most of the season. And the rumor is that pitcher Daniel Ponce de Leon is the leading candidate to replace him in their rotation. And I'm not bringing this up to talk about Ponce de Leon. He's just a, just a guy. But I bring it up because I can't help but wonder if this is going to open up a spot for either Carlos or Martinez or Alex Reyes in the near future. 
Martinez is back up pitching in relief right now, and I did just read a blurb them saying that he's not going to pitch in the rotation this year, but you never know. The team right now is on a free fall, and they may get desperate and make a change, but there's also Alex Reyes, who is back and rehabbing through his first start in single A and had a pretty impressive first start back. I think at this point, I'd be adding either guy in a 15-team league if they're free agents, maybe even 12-teamers. Now, Let's say you, Andrew. Is this? Do you agree with me, or am I just being a homer here? No, I, I agree with you. I mean, I I think that, and I've crapped a lot on Carlos Martinez. I will say that I have done it a lot, but it all comes down to how they're being viewed. Now, when nobody wants him and he's like unowned in a lot of leagues, yeah, I'm in. I mean, like. I think that either one of these guys at the cost that they're at could provide return on your investment. Put it that way. As, as long as, you know, you get in, you get them relatively cheap talking in redrafts or whatever dynasties there. I mean, Reyes is for sure owned and Martinez probably still is, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that if either one of them stuck in the rotation, even for a short period of time, it's going to be you're I mean, you're going to want to own them while they're in the rotation. Martinez is a guy Spe- who, especially Reyes, just to yeah. be clear, especially Reyes, not, not quite as much Martinez. But yeah, I still think if he's in the rotation, he's he's owned. He, Martinez might be a guy you want to check and see who has him in dynasty leagues because it may be a team that's got a roster crunch and they don't have room for him to be sitting there pitching in the bullpen. You yeah. may be able to get him at a discount if somebody's not watching him too close. I bet whoever owns him probably is and is getting a little hopeful right now and the window may have passed. Yeah, you probably should have checked on that like a month ago. But yeah, I yeah. get what you're I, I agree with you. It's just... I think it's probably starting to get to where they're maybe getting a little excited, even whether they should be or not is one thing, but. Okay. So let's discuss the call-ups and fab breakdown from the last weekend. There were so many big prospects that came up. I thought it'd be good to revisit this. And Andrew, you've, you're in three redraft leagues and I'm in one and you've taken the fab prices from all of the prospects that were called up. And I gave you the info from my league. And I thought we'd just go over it and kind of talk about each of them. And we'll go in the order of how we discussed these players last week. And we'll start with Keston Hira. And he's impressed here in the early going. He, uh, these stats were as of yesterday. He had a 273 batting average and two home runs already so far. The first one happened on Sunday. And that was a laser that just shot out to left field. And the second one on Wednesday night was an absolute bomb to left center field. The negative I'll bring up is that in his 34 plate appearances, he has 13 strikeouts and one walk, and that's not good. But Andrew, how much did what? How much was his fab prices in your leagues? So I'm in uh, three redrafts that have fab, um, and he went for in my online championship league, which is a 12 teamer. I got him. For two fifty six is what I bid. That's a great price. Um, and then in my TGFBI league, which is fifteen team, which they're gonna they're just gonna go for more in in the bigger league. Uh, he went for five ten. <laughs> wow! 
And in the 20-team redraft, I mean, it, it's like a four-man bench, shallow bench. He went for 328. And so two two fifty six five ten and three twenty eight and they're all they're all thousand fab, so. And he was already owned in mine, so that one wasn't even an option. But even that five hundred bid, I don't. As I'm pretty sold on here at being up to stick and performing well, so I don't even have an issue with that. But no, dang, that's some coin to give up. Yeah, right there. yeah. The th- in that league. Uh, that's the league I was mentioning. I'm kind of struggling a bit with pitching and I've kind of, I've gone through some fab in that league. I didn't have a lot and I didn't get any of these big ones this week because of it. I knew he'd go for a lot though, because, you know, just in a 15 team league, I mean, these guys, less of them are owned. I will say again, I think I mentioned it last week in these two NFBC leagues, you can't pick these guys up until they're called up unless they're drafted. So they were all available, all the ones we're going to go through, you know, the guys from yesterday, or from from yesterday, from uh, last week. I think he stole a base tonight on Friday night. Uh, I'll ask, has your opinion changed much on him? Weekend Cure Cure stole yeah. a base? Well, I was oh, looking nice. on Player Tracker, yeah, and I think I saw he had a steal. Nice, yeah, he did. So has your opinion yeah, changed on him much from this uh, week? Not not really. No, I, I like him. I, I, um, it was nice to see those couple bombs. You just hope, you just hope to keep, hope he keeps hitting. Yeah. I just, you don't want him to go into too much of a slump, even if it's for, you know, three to five games, because as we've seen with these, um, you know, short samples, they can, it could go south, but yeah, as long as he doesn't go into too much of a slump, yeah, I think he'll be fine. And he's the type of guy I don't expect him to go into a horrible, horrible slump. So, agreed. All right, well, let's move to Austin Riley. How much did he go for in Fab in the past weekend? He actually. Oh, another thing I wanted to mention that I saw or read okay. on Twitter in the NF in the uh, TGFBI Champions League which is all the champions from last year. They're all in, like, one league. Hero, the winning bid on Hero was 308, and the runner-up bid was 307. Oh, that's painful. <laughs> like, how crazy is that? <laughs> I just it's remember the, hearing that and being like, oh, my God, what are the odds? Like, that's just nuts. It's the fun game we play in terms of, how much do I need to bid to get him without going too far? Right. And, you know, you don't right. bid 300 if you're going to bid on a guy because you somebody could bid 301. And yeah, see, but, I've done it. I've done it both ways. I've done it like all ways. I've, it's weird because I used to do even number and then it's like people like to go one over. And now I feel like everyone does that. So then mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. It's just almost kind of like you're constantly changing it. But but yeah, I just thought that was that was interesting. I know I personally have just gotten to the point where I'm just throwing random numbers in. I think of yeah. an area and then I just pick a random number around. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of me too. It's like as long as you have the general area close, the exact number is, you know, kind of whatever. It's going to be random, but yep. All right. So Riley, Riley went for in the league that I got. Hero for two fifty six. Riley went for two eighty eight. So he went for uh, for a little more. I actually bid two fifty six on both of them. Oh, that's interesting. And uh, the main reason 
I, what I did was I bit them both and I had it where if I, but I wasn't, my secondary bid was like 130 or something. So like, I wasn't going to get both for 256. It would have been, if I got both, it would have been 256 and like 130. But, um, I basically was trying to block cause the first place guy, he had 250, like four. Mm. So I, and I didn't want him getting them cause I'm in second. And I just didn't want him getting either one of those guys, basically, was what it was. So, yeah, 288 um, in that league. TGFBI, he went, Riley went for 360. That was the one here, went 510. And then in Roto Regs, the 20 team, uh, Riley went for 556. And that was Steve Trapani. And he messaged me that day. It was so funny. I know he's probably going to laugh if he's listening to this. He messaged me before this and said, I'm outbidding about 12 teams fab money in Roto, <laughs> in Roto regs for Austin Riley. Because he was telling me because I, didn't, I had less than what yeah. he was bidding. Yeah. Um, I still put in a bid, even though I knew it, just because, you know... You never know if he, what would have happened, but, or if, you know, if he just forgot or if he didn't, you know, didn't do what he said, but yeah, he bid 556 and I think he outbid, he said like 12 teams or something like that, like their total amount of money. <laughs> he got him like everywhere. So he's, he's pretty high on him. He's, he's playing awesome. So it's hard to, it's hard you, to, uh, bash that. If you play on fan tracks, you can actually click on their player profile and you can hit on the uh, ownership and you can see like a player in all the leagues you play in and who owns him. And I saw a screenshot, I think on Monday Mm -hmm. of one of like some, I think Steve Trapani's page showing who owns Riley in a bunch of leagues. And I think it was just about every single one was Steve Trapani under Austin Riley. (laughs) He's got a lot of shares. Yeah, he does. He even in the home run derby league that we're in, which the fab bids aren't as crucial there because you can just you can just pick up whoever if you had to pick somebody up. But he bid like nine hundred something out of his thousand on him <laughs> just to get him. That's funny. And you said he has had an impressive first week, probably the most impressive of all the rookies that have been called up in thirty one plate appearances. He's already jacked four home runs with a three sixty seven average. He is still striking a lot in the early going, 10 strikeouts, only one walk, but he's off to a real hot start and he's hitting some long home runs. Yeah, I think he actually has five. Did he have another one? I think he, I think yesterday he hit his fifth. I'm not for sure, but I could be Jeez. wrong on that. But yeah, he, he's play, point is he's playing really good. Yeah. So yeah, it looks, uh, looks like that money that people spent on him might be worth it. We'll see. I mean, it, Probably need to see it for a little bit longer, but yeah, so far, definitely. And now this might be the most frustrating one to talk about, and that's Rockies infielder Brendan Rodgers. Now, before we get into talking about Rodgers, what was his average, what was his fab bid prices, Andrew? So in the 12-teamer, he went for 48, which I was surprised. Wow. I, I was, yeah, I was surprised it was that low. Um, I actually, if I didn't have the one set up for the other guys, I probably would have got him. But 
you know, you only have so many drops, so mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of tough. And in that particular league, I just don't need shortstop at all. And then in the TGFBI, the 15-teamer, he went for 201. And in Roto Regs, the 20-teamer, I actually got him for 138. Okay. That's significantly cheaper than I would have guessed. Yeah, I but. actually, uh, even though he's off to not the greatest start, and I know what could be coming soon, I don't regret 138 on Brendan Rodgers. I just don't. Well, he hasn't been awful by any means. He yeah, doesn't have yeah, any he home hasn't. runs yet, but yeah. I'm looking it up right now to see exactly what his stat line is. As of right now, hitting three thirty three, so he's gotten a couple hits tonight. I'm assuming. Two, yeah, he's two for four tonight. Yeah, but empty, empty so far. But he's got pop. But he started for the Rockies on Friday and Saturday night, and went one for eight with his lone hit being an infield hit. And how about that for getting your first hit, being a weak little tapper down yeah. the third baseline? And I think his second hit was also a terrible hit like that. But in typical Rockies fashion, Brendan Rodgers after going one for eight on Friday and Saturday. He sat on Sunday for Ryan McMahon, who then had to do what he did, which is hit two home runs that afternoon. And in typical Rockies fashion, Rodgers was once again on the bench for their next game on Tuesday for McMahon. And on Wednesday, he was back in the lineup, went three for four with an RBI double. He's lined right now in 13 at-bats. He's Actually, that was before the game tonight, and I just said he's got a 333 batting average. With six strikeouts and no walks so far. That was, again, that part was as of a few days ago. And man, Andrew, this Rocky situation, McMahon, Rogers, it all feels like a mess right now. Yeah, it's, I tell you, man, I, I know we talked about it the other day. I just can't wrap my head around what they're doing. I feel like every day I look at the Rockies lineup. And I am totally befuddled by what they're doing. It just makes no sense. The other day, um, I think it was, I'm losing track of my days here. Today's Friday. I think it was Wednesday. Daniel Murphy hits a three. He's, you know, and Daniel Murphy's had a bad season so far. I mean, let's just be honest. He hits a three run homer in the first inning, puts him up three nothing. They're, you know, they're in Pittsburgh or whatever, road game. So it's right at the beginning of the game. Jumped out to the early lead, Daniel Murphy. Yesterday, the day after, Daniel Murphy is on the bench against a right-handed pitcher. Oh, my God. I, I just don't. I mean, and there, there's, there's so many. And that's just one more instance. But there's so many of them. It, It's like the Rogers stuff and the Hampson stuff and – I've even seen Dahl get benched some lately. And, you know, I, I feel, and the, you know, Raymel Tapia is hitting third sometimes. Today he's leading off. I, I feel like the only locks in this lineup anymore are Story, Arenado, and Blackman. Yep. And everything else is just completely random. And it's like they don't. If you have a bad couple of games, you know, all bets are off. It's just, it's totally nuts. And that's why with the Rodgers thing, I I don't really know. It's just so fluid. I feel like you can't even formulate an opinion because I, I'm not, I'm personally not like trained in my head to 
judge players based off of one game or two games or four games or, you know, six games. It's a long season. It's why they play 162. And these constant little adjustments that you have to make with this team based on short-term cold and hot streaks, it's just – I have never seen anything like it, Uh, at least not in the last – handful of years for sure i i can't remember a a similar scenario can you no no teams don't do this teams are patient yeah you know the astros with kyle tucker they weren't that patient with him but he wasn't performing well they've got so many options i give them a free pass on that one right shouldn't because yeah i also saw them two years before bring up alex bregman who went like oh for his first 35 and they're like no, this guy's legit. We're keeping this guy in here, and Alex Bergman's turned into a star. And you just don't see the Rockies do that. Yeah, it's it's like you anything can happen on a given day or two days or you know even a week in baseball. I mean, like I made the joke this morning. I woke up today. I looked at the standings. The Marlins had the longest winning streak in baseball. <laughs> they won six games in a row. Longest winning streak in the league as of this morning. Now, they lost today. But that just goes to show you that in a week's time or, you know, these short amounts of time, absolutely anything can happen. And if they're making judgment calls on these players over those types of sample, I just I just don't understand, like, these, these teams that have – they're running, and I'm mostly talking about the Rockies, but there's there's a few others maybe, none to the extent that they're doing it. But it's like you have guys running teams, making millions of dollars doing it. They should be way smarter than us or anyone else that we know or talk to. And it's like they don't understand. It's like they don't get it. I, give, I, I don't get it, man. I'll give the Nationals some credit here. You know, Brendan Rodgers and Carter Keboom, they're pretty similar caliber prospects that are on about the same timeline right now. Uh, both of them started the year in AAA, and both of them got called up right about the right around the same time. Uh, I guess Keboom a couple weeks before. But Keboom came up because of an injury, and they played him every day when he came up until it was about – until it, he, he struggled long enough, and instead of just – tinkering with him in and out of the lineup they just sent him down they decided you know what he's not ready we're going to send him down and that's okay get him back down let him start playing you don't call up big time prospects like this to sit them every other day right you, you might as well just leave him down yeah like and for the record i'm not sitting here saying that brendan rogers or garrett hampson or you know whoever you want to say it could be you know any prospect really I'm not necessarily saying that they deserve to be playing every day in the majors, but if you're not going to play them every day in the majors, play them every day in the minors. Mm-hmm. Don't just, you know, like the whole, they, they sat them Sunday, they're off Monday, and then they sit them Tuesday. Now, I know McMahon had the two-homer game Sunday, but it's like, I also feel like with the Rockies specifically, they have too many like similar type options. Yes, and they don't know what to do. It's it's like they really need to make a trade. I feel like really bad because it's like Hampson, 
Rodgers, McMahon, and then even like when you go to the other parts of the field, like with Desmond and Tapia and Murphy, and it's just like all of this cluster of similar, you know, even Mark Reynolds they got and they work him in sometimes. <laughs> and it's just, there's all, it's, it's just a jumbled mess of guys. And it's like they don't know what to do. So they just fall in love with short term hot streaks. And I don't know, it, it's a total mess the way they're running that team, I feel like. It's just, I don't get it at all. If Arenado had walked, it might have made a little more sense to hang on to some of these guys to get get somebody to stick over there at third afterwards. But now that he's locked down, they do need to move some of these guys. I don't yep. care who. They just need to make some moves. Yep. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I feel like Desmond is the one that they need to just be done with. But... I'm not at all convinced they're going to be done with him. Oh, right? no. Yeah. I just, He's got to be just, a lot worse for them to make that move. Yeah. But that would be – that's a guy that I just feel like they can move on from and be okay. And then it would free up, you know, more playing time for these other guys. Mm -hmm. It's just like <laughs> it's constant rotations right now. And I feel like it's hard for them to get going, too, when they're doing it that way. Yeah. Players go on runs, they get hot, and they need to play every day to get hot. Yep. Okay, we'll move on. And based on what I was seeing in the scouting reports last week when we got to talking about Nicky Lopez, it seems like he's doing what, what he was expected to do. In eight games, 38 at-bats, he's got a three oh three batting average, an on-base percentage near four hundred, five runs scored, no home runs or steals. Good real-life hitter who has value in deep leagues, but not a real difference maker. And I do remember reading that he went for 277 in FAB in my redraft auction league, Andrew. What did he go in your leagues? Uh, he went for 34 in the 12-teamer, 225 in the 15-teamer, and 200 in the 20-teamer. Let me ask this. In that 12-teamer, did you even put a bid in on him? I think it was like six bucks. Yeah. He was, he was like a backup to a back, you know, it was, I had all these guys, um, basically kind of ranked. And then another set below that where I was going to get, you know, a couple of them, hopefully. And I wound up getting Hira and Corbin Martin, but it could have been any of them, but I just, yeah, in a 12-teamer, I'm, I'm not that interested in Nicky Lopez, personally. No, that that one just jumped out to me when you said 34. And, I, yeah, it's only 3% of your budget, but. Yeah, that's I don't think that's bad. But the but, 200, the 200s and the 15-teamers, I mean, you can have them for that. I could even justify that a little more than the 34. Because the 34 in a 12-teamer, you know, the what is Nicky Lopez doing for teams He's getting at bats in a twelve teamer. You can find at bats. On yeah, free yeah. agent wire. That's a lot true. more yeah. as compared to a fifteen twenty teamer. He's at least getting you that. Yeah. But, okay. Well, I don't really have much more to add about him. An empty batting average player who might get you a few home runs and stolen bases. But we already discussed that last week. So we'll move on to Oscar Mercado, who I actually forgot to mention last week when we were talking about the prospects that were called up and. He was called up by Cleveland last week after performing really well in AAA. And at first, like, it looked like he was going to be platooning, but Carlos Gonzalez was DFA'd this last weekend 
And now it looks like Oscar, Oscar should be getting more regular playing time. So, Andrew, I'll do two questions here since we didn't discuss him before. How much did he go for, and what are your thoughts on him and the rest of the season? Uh, he went for 65 in the 15-teamer and 123 in the 20-teamer. And in the 12-teamer, he didn't even get picked up. Wow. Yeah, he's still available. I'm surprised with that. He actually, but... he actually got hurt yesterday. Did he? Well, he's not in the lineup today. I don't say is his, his hip. I, I, I saw the play. He was kind of, uh, it was kind of like a collision type play in the outfield, but he stayed in the game at least for a while. He may have came out of the game later, but initially he stayed in. Um, I, he's out of the lineup today, so I don't know how bad it is or if it's just a day to day thing, but. Overall, I mean, I, I don't think he's a real big difference maker in, in fantasy this year. I don't think you can guarantee the playing time or the production, even if he gets it. He could be okay, but I'm not really sure that they're committed to him long term. I mean, I think if everything broke long term, right, long term meaning the rest of the year, I guess. I think if everything broke right, home run steals, you could get like a Bradley Zimmer level player, but. He's got to get the playing time and get himself up in the lineup to be that type of player. I I think there is some upside there, but it's not somebody I'm breaking the bank for just because I don't feel confident that they're going to stick with him, especially because Brad Zimmer, I think he's going to start rehab games soon, and maybe he'll be back up in the next month. Okay, we'll talk about Willie Calhoun next. He got off to a hot start after getting called up. He had two home runs, five runs and seven RBI in his first six games. Unfortunately, he sat Sunday and Monday and then strained his quad on Tuesday. And it's now on the injury list. I know I got him in my auction league. I think I spent 225 bucks and in pure me fashion from that league. Now he's injured, but Andrew, <laughs> how much did he go for in your league? <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to write a story at the end of the year about my fab history in that league. It'll be it'll be a really depressing one. <laughs> in pure me fashion, it's just funny. He went for uh, 157 in my in the 12 teamer. He was already owned in the 15 teamer, and I don't see him here on the 20 team. He might have already been owned. I'm actually going to look right now, but. Yeah, the fifteen, the TGFBI league, he was already owned. Okay. Uh, somebody had probably speculated on him a little bit early. You know? Yeah, he was hitting well. Maybe it was a stash. And yeah. there's not much else to add here for owners. And put him on the IL for now, and hopefully he's back and producing soon. But going back to the Sunday and Monday sitting, he sat for Hunter Pence, who is playing well. But the Rangers aren't that good of a team. You could look at this one of two different ways. You could look at it as, okay, we're going to play Hunter Pence who's playing well, see if we can get some trade value out of him and try to move him. Or you could say, what the heck is a team that's not contending, playing a 30-whatever-year-old Hunter Pence whenever they got a young guy here with some upside? Where do you kind of where do you land on that with the Rangers? Uh, I think before, before you say, I th- what was your quote? Like, this is, I, or if it wasn't you that said it, somebody in the Rotomasters 2 chat said, this is the most Rockies thing the Rangers could be doing right now. Yeah, it wasn't me, but yeah. That I uh 
Well, I think that day he had played over Mazzara. This is Calhoun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I don't mind it. Pence is playing so good that I don't really mind it. If if a guy's playing that good, it doesn't bother me because you never know. But what you know, they build value with Hunter Pence and get a prospect for him. I yep. mean, I'm not saying that will happen, but you know, the guy is performing, and the other guys. Some of them aren't. I mean, it's not like he's playing over guys that are playing phenomenal. So, yeah, I mean, I can see kind of both sides of it, but I don't I don't have any problem with them playing Hunter Pence right now. I agree. And I'm just now pulling up Pence's card. And I knew he'd been well, doing well, but I didn't know he'd been doing this well. What are, yeah, how he's many playing bats really are we good. Talking? 112 at bats, 10 home runs, 313 batting average. Wow. Yeah, That's I mean, I, there's – there's probably a scenario where, you know, late July comes around. If he's playing really, really good, I mean, they could get, they're not going to get much of a prospect for him, but they could maybe get, you know, a low level prospect that they're, that they like or something, you know, you just never Mm -hmm. know. I mean, and they've got time with these other guys that, you know, they're not really going to be competing anyways. So they've got, uh, They've got time with these other guys to let them build value even after that. Yep, I agree. Okay, well, that's it with the prospects. And I thought we'd move over to some of the Facebook group discussions on Baseball 365 that have happened in the past week. And we'll start with number the first post, which this is even crazy to say. Tommy LaStella is off to a roaring start. He hit his 12th home run on Thursday night, and he's at 299 with 12 home runs, 27 RBI, and 24 runs in 43 games. And the post that was added to the group, they asked this question. Who would you rather have rest of season, Tommy LaStella or Robinson Cano? And Cano hasn't had a great season. He's got a 241 batting average, three home runs in 45 games, but... Andrew, him or him on Cano or LaStella rest of season? I would take LaStella from now until the All-Star break, and I would take Cano from the, for the second half. Well, that's an so, interesting way to put it. Yeah, I mean, Cano's hurt right now. So short term, I guess you have to take LaStella. But, yeah, I, I just – Man, I just can't do it with Listella. It's so crazy. I it's the number one, I swear, the number one craziest thing this season to me is Tommy Listella. Yeah, agreed. Number one over everything. And number number two, another thing that I've mentioned is the is the way the Yankees are playing with all their injuries. Those two things are like to me the craziest things this year. I think I'm taking him rest of season. Even if Cano yeah. was healthy, I think I'd be saying it. I just yeah. every year it seems like one of these guys happen. I think we talked about this last week, and I think Lestella's that guy this year. He just everything he's do doing is impressive. He's not striking out at all. He's walking well. He's getting the ball in the air and hitting him out. And it's just <laughs> it's so, so ridiculous. It's and so goofy, man. He it really be. is. His home run to fly ball is twenty eight percent, but He's cranking the ball hard. His heart hard hit rates all the way up to forty five percent. Yeah, it's it's incredible what he's doing. But and I think even though I don't think he's this, 
he's still a pretty darn good hitter, I think, as this year. I mean, I'm not buying him next year. I keep seeing these happening with Chris Taylor and Max Muncy's in the next year. They turn into pumpkins again. But this yeah. year, I'm taking Lestella. Yeah, I don't blame – for the record, I don't blame you. I mean, I, I don't think it's crazy. And we'll move to the next one. You asked this question on the group, and this is another hot guy versus ice cold guy. And I think it would have been more fun to talk about a week or two ago as compared to now because it even feels more lopsided now. And that's rest of season, Joey Votto versus Josh Bell. And Votto is a perennial all-star, but he has a 208 batting average with four home runs in 46 games. And this is after a year last year where he was ice cold in the first half. Meanwhile, Josh Bell has 15 home runs, a 13, 329 batting average in 46 games. And I thought I'd answer this one first since you asked the question. And once again, I'm taking the bait and I'm taking the, the hot guy with Josh Bell. Look, digging into him, his ground ball rate is lowered. He's hitting the ball in the air more. And those were big complaints against him before. And his hard hit rate's up over 50%. His home runs, again, have been lucky, just like Lestella, but and his batting average, too, but he could regress, and I think I'd still feel better about him playing better than Joey Votto, even if I think Votto's rebounding. Votto's stats do show bad luck, but I'm just not sure he's elite first baseman anymore. Yeah, I'm with you. I'd take Josh Bell. I When I posted it, it was kind of one of those random thoughts that I had. And I had a little bit of time to think a little bit more about it. I, you know, I kind of posted it pretty quick, thought more about it. It was a pretty heavily in favor of Josh Bell. I agree with the with the majority. I, I'd take Bell rest of the season. He he's also been totally insane since I posted it, which doesn't hurt. But yeah, I would take him. If you're not following the Baseball 365 podcast on Twitter, I recommend you doing so. I'm looking right now. I think I tweeted. Yes. My most recent tweet on May 22nd was from a guy who tweeted, I think it's officially time to be a tad concerned about Joey Votto. And I was showing him in the Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that video, I just got to tell you, that video, I showed it to, I showed it to a couple guys at work. And we were just dying laughing. Like we were in there and I go, I go, Hey man, I'm like, you got to look at this. And I pulled it up and I played it for him. And he was just rolling. Like we were just laughing so hard. Everything from his uppercut swings at the start to anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about the guy. Yeah. Like Justin said, there's a guy that posted and we'll put it out there somehow again, it's, but it's the most recent post on the baseball three six five Twitter. Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, and it's a guy saying, I think it's officially time to be worried about Joey Votto. And it's about a 30-second clip of Joey Votto going into the batter's box. And I think it's Zach Davies is on the mound. Yep. And Votto is doing these, like, goofy uppercut swings. He looks like he's like a cricket player or something, like goofy. And then he walks into the box, turns around like he doesn't even want a bat. (laughs) <laughs> and then steps back outside the box, and Davies is just standing there ready to pitch. Like he, It's almost like you don't know what's going on. And then Votto runs into the box, chokes way up on the bat <laughs> like he tends to do, and takes a horrible swing for strike three and walks to the dugout. It is absolutely hilarious. I mean, I, 
I must have watched it five times after you sent that. I was cracking up. Like I said, showing people at work. I mean, we were just we were just rolling. On Twitter, at Baseball365Pod. When I post this podcast, it'll have become the most recent tweet. But I won't put anything up probably tonight or tomorrow. And it'll be the second tweet on my, on my feed. Go check it out. Yeah. It's freaking yeah, it's hilarious. Good. It's definitely good. <clears throat> okay. Final question that was asked on Baseball 365. I think this one was you too. Who do you cheer for more? Your fantasy team or your real life team? And this is always a fun discussion to have. Andrew, you start it. <sighs> Man, I... It's my fantasy team. Ah. Yeah, it's my fantasy team. It's it's kind of one of those things that I feel like some people, like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's people that wouldn't be honest about this answer. You know, like, I feel like there's, you know, you. it's just one of those that I, I guess I'm having trouble putting the, putting the proper words together to explain it but people have always been you know like this is the team I root for I have to back them over anyone else and yada 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 but I think as much time as we invest in doing all this I just have to be total like and I'm just being totally honest here I do I, I root for my fantasy teams more I will say that in a, in like you know and i'm talking about during the the majority of the season like during the you know like if we're if i'm sitting there watching a game on may 22nd and i've got a hitter facing the cubs i'm not rooting for the hitter to hit a home run just because it's such a small thing with an at bat where it's not a big deal but pitchers, uh, it's a little different because pitchers don't get as many opportunities during the year. I'm definitely not rooting for them to crush my pitcher. I know mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, it's just – and it's, it is it is case by case with everybody. And I, I don't look down on anyone or think differently of anyone for anything they say to this question because it, it is difficult. I will say this. As much as I want to win fantasy titles and as hard as I want to, you know, win all my leagues, I would trade any one of those or all of them probably for a Cubs World Series again. So yeah. that's where that's where it is a little bit different, you know. And, you know, once it gets into late in the year and the playoffs, of course, I'm all about my team. But you know, on a random day in the middle of May or June, I'm rooting for my guys. Like, that's just that's just what I'm doing. Yeah. If the Cardinals are in it and they need every win they can get in September, I want them to win at all costs. But up till then, whenever we're in the middle of May, it just – a Cardinals win and loss doesn't even mean as much either. The fantasy player, I'm more often not hoping that the guy gets a hit at least. Maybe maybe in a big spot, I don't want him to hit a three-run homer right. if the game's on the line. But I care more about my teams than my real team until the, during the season. Until I, it really matters. Yes. Yeah, and then, and then I know some people will say, well, every game matters. And that is true. Every game does matter. But I don't know. I, I just feel like 
you you kind of have a handle on how competitive your team is. Uh, you know, like you're a Cardinals fan, I'm a Cubs fan. I think that we can both agree they're both pretty good teams. They oh, both that's debatable with the Cardinals right now. <laughs> they both probably will be in the running late in the year. And as we get to be late in the year, obviously I'm going to become more and more invested in what's going on with them. And I mean, I root for them every day, but I'm just saying that, you know, if, if I've got a pitcher facing the Cubs in the middle of May or June, I don't want the Cubs to light him up. I just, I just don't. So. Yep. I think we're pretty close to the same on that. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about some movies. It was interesting. Made. What was it was close to 50-50, wasn't it? The the vote? I could not I didn't I, see. I think real life team had a few more votes. I actually posted this. I don't know if you remember, but I posted this I want to say about a year ago or a little more than a year ago in a different group. And um I think it was about 50-50 too. I think it's very cut like it's that's kind of why I posted it again, because I was like, I think this will be a pretty even one. And it, for the most part, I think it was. I do remember seeing that post before. I didn't yeah. know it was you that posted it before, but I yeah, do remember seeing that before. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about some moves we've made this this week. And we've talked a lot about fab pickups with a lot of the big names. And, Andrew, I know you've already mentioned some guys that you've grabbed are there any other dynasty or redraft smaller names that you haven't mentioned yet that you picked up no i grabbed um just the got the hero in the one league rogers in the other one i've got rogers in the draft and hold so that's not a pickup or anything but just going off of him i did get corbin martin in a couple of those leagues um didn't pitch very good yesterday, so we'll see. I didn't spend too much, like 60, 60 bucks in fab or something, so it's not too bad, but um, I'm not sure how much longer he's going to stick. He struggled kind of his last two yeah. outings, so we'll I think the one, I, the, I, the one yesterday, I think, was the more troublesome one. I think the Red Sox yeah. is like, well, it's Boston. Yeah, right, right. I don't know. I haven't seen – any news much today if they're going to give him another shot or what, but it probably won't get too many more if he pitches like that, but it's not the end of the world. I mean, that's, that's fine. I still feel like he's good pitcher, so he might be able to get out of it if they give him the shot, but as far as trades and stuff, no, I haven't made any this week since the uh, big three teamer we talked about last. Well, I did make a big trade today. A monster trade as I would say in Rotomasters too. I thought I'd talk about this here. And you and I haven't really discussed this yet. I texted you this or messaged you this morning saying, I think I'm about to make a big deal. And it happened minutes later. And I moved Juan Soto in a dynasty league along with a 2020 sub draft pick that I think will likely be a back half of the first round. And I received Victor Robles and Nolan Gorman and I'll talk about why first, and then I want to hear your thoughts on this, Andrew. I made this with Bob Rag, and honestly, it, you heard me start this these discussions two weeks ago. <laughs> Whenever I was up there in Indiana, Bob and I were talking after the game, and I was we were talking about our teams, and I 
hoping to compete next year. But my big thing, I've got a lot of guys that if I can get some breakouts, I have, I think I can be a competitive squad next year. I've got guys like Brent Honeywell, Alex Reyes, Jesus Lazardo, Corbin Burns, Brennan Rogers, Carter Keeboom, Kyle Tucker. None of those guys are def definites, but there's a couple, you would think a couple of those guys should pop in the next year. And if that could happen, I look at my squad and I see a team that can compete, but the big thing I see myself lacking right now are saves and speed and saves you can find yourself into, but speed's really hard to find in leagues anymore. And everything else I feel I can get some, some breakouts from the guys I just mentioned that can get me those other categories that I think could move me up. But Robles gives me the potential to give me those skills I need. And I'll say I wasn't thinking if I wasn't thinking that I was going to compete soon, I'm probably not making this deal because I love Juan Soto and I feel a lot better about his hit tool as a hitter than I do Robles at this point. Robles still striking out a decent amount of time, not walking him much. He's young. I think that will improve, but he's not a guarantee that he's going to hit here. But the tools are there. The upside is immense. And while I hated to give up Soto, it was what I had to do to get a deal done. I told Bob, I said, everybody but Mike Trout's on the table here. And we haggled through this at, for the last day. And that this is where we landed. Gorman, you know, I'm a Cardinal fan. And he wasn't someone I was targeting. But I, I think I even when we did our first-year player draft podcast early this or in February, I spoke negatively on him about what I thought of him. But there is upside there. And I told Bob if I was going to give up Soto, I needed a slight upgrade somewhere. And I felt like this was at least a little one to get the deal done. So that was my logic going into this deal, Andrew. What are your thoughts on it? I think it was a, I think it was a good trade uh, overall. I mean, I looked at it. I think I like Bob's side slightly more um, just because I think Soto's the best player. Yep. And I don't really think that Nolan Gorman is an upgrade over a first-round pick. I only say that because, like, if, Gor if Gorman busts out, you know, if Gorman's awesome, it won't matter. Like, yep. he'll be, he will be. But I like picks. Like, when it's close, I think the picks are more valuable than the player. And the reason I say that is because it's kind of like, you know, in real life, once you draft somebody or you replace the pick with a name, it the becomes it be, the value goes down because yep. it because w what can happen like Nolan Gorman can lose value and then you're, you know, that part of it you lose the first round pick isn't going to lose value like it it maintains its value until someone makes a pick with it. And then some people are going to be down on that guy and some aren't, yada, yada. Yep. So that's just my logic on that. But that, to be honest, the first-round pick and Gorman are oh, wow. not that huge in this trade because it's really about Soto and Robles. And I get it. I mean, you need speed. I get it. I just like Soto so much that – I slightly favor that side, but if it's a needs thing and you know, that's kind of what it was here, it's, it's fine. I mean, Robles is awesome. So it, they're both really good. Yeah. It's, I could see this one going either way. I really could. I, if Robles 
if the hit tool keeps picking up, I think this could be a win for me. If he doesn't, Soto, I feel like, is a much safer player. And he's got an immense hit tool. Just, I just, just out of curiosity, how did Gorman get worked into that? <laughs> just it was because not me. The, yeah, the only reason I ask is because I just didn't think you were that high on him. I'm not, and I... And I made that clear as we kept talking about other options with Bob. But I told him, I said, if I'm going to give up Robles for Soto, I probably need to get an upgrade somewhere. And Bob came back, and this is where I probably could have held my ground and maybe got the deal. But I was just so worried about not getting this deal. And I need speed, and I'm not fine. I've really struggled trying to get have conversations with anybody else and getting anywhere. But... I'm like, I got to get a slight upgrade somewhere. He said, what if it was Nolan Gorman for the second round pick? And I said, and I, I sent him a message back saying, I'll do that. And he said, oh, crap. I probably should have asked for a first. <laughs> and I laughed and said, well, I don't know if I'd do a first just because the fact that you did take Gorman at four in the first round, even though it was early. And, yeah, you know, he didn't decide that night and went into the next morning. And sometimes this is why it's good to sit on a deal, because I wanted to get this deal done. And I said, OK, I'll give you Crump's first, Brian Crump's first, which I knew was going to be a late first, at least. Oh, uh, I should that- I didn't realize that. I thought it was your first. No. So it's a bat, more of a back. Okay. Yes. I and gotcha. That, I said, I'm, so I'm moving you up 10 slots. And I still didn't hear much from him. And then he told me later that later this afternoon, he said, all right, I'm about to pull the trigger. And that's when it happened. But yes, I made it crumps first. I wouldn't have given yeah. my first in that deal. Cause that's, that's no upgrade, but at least with it being his, it's a, it's probably yeah, a if- late first round. And even with what I said, if Gorman is the real deal, then he will be an upgrade over a yep. first round pick. It's just a matter of, you know, when it's, it's a one when it's one guy, it's one guy and it has to be him. Whereas mm-hmm. the pick the pick can still be anyone. So but or like I said, that could blow up. And yeah, if that happens, then the first the first rounder and Gorman in this like I said, in this trade it's almost like it. I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter that much. Really. No, I mean it. No, because it really is about the the studs. So, yep. Yeah, I don't. I thought it, I thought overall it was pretty good. I like I said, I probably slightly favor Soto, but it's uh, it's fine. I mean, especially because you need speed. I would slightly up, rather have Soto straight up. <laughs> it was a needs deal, and I felt yeah. like, and I asked somebody who opinion I value. I go to him a lot. And he told me, because I asked him, I'm like, how do you view Soto and Robles? And I know this guy's a Soto fan. And he said, it's pretty close to even. He said, I I think it's Soto when it's slight. And that's kind of what I was thinking going in. I'm like, I think I'd rather have Soto, but I do think it's close because Robles could be five categories if if everything clicks. But there's no guarantee. Yeah, 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 I'm with you. Ro- Robles does have a lot of home run and stolen base upside, so it is, it is pretty. Uh, he's been pretty impressive for the most part. If he can just bump his OBP and get on base yep. just a little more, I mean, it, yep. the overall package could be crazy. I, I don't, uh, I don't discount that one bit. Like I, I feel like I have him higher than I did before the season. Agreed. You know. So yeah, definitely. 
Good okay. Trip. Well, I think that rounds out our show, Andrew. And Memorial Day is this upcoming Monday, which is typically the third part, third of the way through the season. And I thought next week it'd be fun to look at the MLB standings and we'll also look at league leaders at most of the fantasy categories, maybe some of the real life categories, and predict where we thought we'd they'd finish. I thought that'd be fun to do and. I'm going to see if we can even try to get our first uh, guest on in a while. Does that sound good, Andrew? Yep, that sounds uh, sounds good. Okay. Well, man, I've really enjoyed doing the show. I thought it had a real good flow to it. Hopefully, you guys all thought the same. You have any final words before we get out of here? Nope, I'm good. Okay. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys, and take care, everybody. Take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. Once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. Baseball 365.